Let's hear a, a bit of commentary from what happened at the Orange Velodrome. It was raucous. It was very, very noisy. Uh, here's what happened when the action started. Well played by Nuno Mendes. Touched on by Di Maria. This is Neymar. Big chance. And it's it. It's been turned into his own net by Luan Perez. Neymar miscued the shot, but Paris Saint-Germain have taken the lead here at the Velodrome. Are we checking uh, for offside? It looked as though Neymar was on. There is going to be a check. Now, it's offside. No goal. The goal has been ruled out for offside. It looked tight. I have to say, I thought Neymar was just on when Di Maria dinked it through. But uh, the VAR officials have deemed otherwise. Camera, good ball. Paul Lirola now. Lirola for Milik! And it's Marseille! Who have taken the lead and this one should stand. Arkadius Milik sends the velodrome wild. And Pochettino who thought his team were 1-0 up and now 1-0 down. We're getting a check again. Was Lirola close to being offside or was he offside? Oh, we're going to... It's going to be ruled out again. There was an offside. Unbelievable. It's still nil-nil. Yeah, Lirola's off. And again, it is absolutely marginal. Now Marseille can break. Payet. Good ball from Payet. Real possibilities. Cheng is under. Getting in behind Hakimi, who's fouled him. No, it's a handball from under, according to Benoit Bastia. Well, at first viewing, it looked like Hakimi had pushed Cengiz under. He was the last man. Well, that's, yeah, of course, it's a handball afterwards, but is that not a foul? Well, he is going to overturn his decision. Free kick to Marseille. What will the card be? It is a red card. Ashraf Hakimi sent off. He was the last man. He has taken Cengiz under down and the referee had the good sense to look at the pictures and see that he had made a mistake initially. And Paris Saint-Germain have more than half an hour to play with 10 men. The 101st Classique is going to finish in a stalemate. The referee blows the 10 men of Paris Saint-Germain, avoid defeat and an absorbing encounter finishes without a goal despite Dimitri Payet's best efforts despite Kylian Mbappe's threat yes so you may have recognized my voice it was uh, it was me commentating uh, Marseille nil Paris Saint-Germain nil which uh, i have to say is a bit of a disappointing scoreline i found the game very very absorbing very interesting um maybe you know it, it didn't quite live up to the hype simply because there weren't the goals and perhaps you know, we were talking about this gung-ho uh, Marseille under Sampaoli. Although he did pick an attacking team, they 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 didn't play crazily. I mean, I think Sampaoli, Robbie, I don't know if you agree with this. I think he probably recognised that it would be too easy for PSG if, if Marseille overcommitted. And I thought Marseille worked really well as a team to contain uh, Pochettino's four, four attackers. 
And um, yeah, they, they had the chance. They had a big chance to win the game. They had half an hour against PSG with 10 men following that sending off uh, for Hakimi. So that's why, you know, at the beginning of the pod, I asked the question, which team, which of the two teams uh, are the happiest, Robbie? PSG happy with the draw, I would say. Um, I'm not sure, Matt. I don't know if really either side is happy coming out of that. I think it was more like 40 minutes, or certainly closer to 40 minutes against 10 men rather than half an hour, by the way, as well. I think it was 56th minute plus five minutes of stoppage time. So we're, we're getting close to 40 minutes against the 10 men of, of PSG. Um, I thought you're probably right when you say we just missed the goals. Because I think if, if Milik had scored with that header after three minutes, I think the Marseille had a couple of very early chances. Um, the disallowed goals were, were really marginal offside calls, but correct ones. That's what the VAR is there for, to, to rule out those, those opportunities. Um, I thought Paris were very good in the first half in terms of preventing Marseille from playing. I don't know if it's Marseille were too cautious, but it was the first time this season we didn't see an attractive, a gung-ho Marseille, as you say. Um, I think in that respect, Marseille will be disappointed with the way they played, playing Rangier more as a, a right-back more than anything, um, certainly more than as a traditional central midfielder. Um, and then the red card, yep, red card for on the, on the counter-attack for Ashraf Hakimi, not too much doubt about that, even if the referee somehow seemed to, to see it differently on, on first appraisal. Um, and then we saw Marseille start to, to to see more of the ball, to create more chances. Rangier had a fantastic chance with the header, which was probably the best chance of the whole match in the end, along with De La Fuente at the end. But Marseille still needed William Saliba to make a fantastic challenge on, on Kylian Mbappe on the counter-attack, where you got the feeling when Messi released Mbappe that perhaps this was going to be a same old story moment for Marseille when they when they let slip the opportunity and they come out come out on the losing end. But... I have a feeling as, you know, I'm just left a little bit hungry, as the French would say, uh, after this one. It didn't, it didn't really sate me um, in terms of a football match. Maybe it's just the fact that there were goals missing. The atmosphere was fantastic. Um, and yeah, it, it, a scoreless draw that leaves me a little bit just wanting a little bit more from both sides, not just uh, Marseille as the home side that failed to impress in the first half and Paris that, that didn't do enough to, to win it. There you go. Robbie, just touching on that on that tackle from Saliba, I think it's the first time ever I've seen Kylian Mbappe through on goal and get caught because he, he, he was. He was he he was beyond the Marseille defence and Saliba's tackle was absolutely phenomenal. I mean I thought he had a he had a great game. He was honest enough afterwards to say I took the risk, it was either a red card or, or, or I was gonna get the ball, but you know, he was quick enough and good enough to uh to get the ball and probably you know, I'd say ninety-five percent sure that he that he saved a goal and and, and saved a point for his team. Absolutely, uh, Dave, he is very very quick as well. But I do think, just quickly, that um, if Killian had just managed to get a touch, or if it had just been on a different, if they'd just been on a different step, I think it could have been a red card for Saliba. But it was a perfectly timed challenge. Absolutely. Yeah, I wanted to ask Dave about about Messi and Neymar. I, I, I would say that I thought PSG were good collectively, better, much better than they were against Angers and Leipzig. And I, I thought Marseille would win the midfield battle. But actually, in that first half, PSG really did, to, did dominate. They were right on top possession-wise. And Mbappe was a massive threat going in behind. But overall, you look at the performances of, of Messi and Neymar and, you know, Robbie might say it's a bit harsh to, to single them out, but they are the names. They are the guys you, you, you want to shine in these in these matches and 
I'm 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 struggling a little bit to to not to get the messy hype. I know the messy hype, but you know he's he's kind of walking through these games, Dave. Well, Messi can do it in the Champions League, can't he? So maybe Pochettino just shouldn't pick him for the league and matches. Of course, I'm not being serious. It will come for Lionel Messi in the league. What did surprise me in this match actually was how few chances Paris Saint-Germain created because I don't think they've played particularly well this season. They've not been fluent. They're lacking balance. But when they've got those fantastically talented individuals on the pitch, they always create chances and they can create those chances out of nothing. And it's credit to Marseille that they didn't have those chances. And I have to say, I found Messi's header quite amusing. The header that Paulo Lopez tipped <laughs> over. He was quite close to scoring, but you just... As I think Messi in, found you, it quite amusing as well. You, you just didn't think he was ever going to score that though, did you? <laughs> I, I think didn't, he scored a good header for Barcelona in the Champions League final against Man United in 2009. I think he did, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. I can't really remember too many headers that Messi has scored. I, I, I say they'll get there, but are we still going to be saying the same thing in January? Because... I just don't think it can work, The playing Di Maria with those three. I, I think you've got to play the three and have three in midfield. And Verratti going off, that's always a blow, off injured mm-hmm. before half-time. Then you lose that technique in the middle of the park. And they might end up doing the double this year, the Champions League and League and double, without ever being totally fluent, because that's the quality that they have. I think whenever you lose Marco Verratti, it's a huge blow. Perhaps more of a, a blow, m- maybe, than with all due respect to Ashraf Hakimi. But in terms of the team performance and the, the formation and everything, I think losing Verratti was a, a blow at least the equal of, of the red card, to be honest. He was, he's just getting through a mountain of work in the, in the middle of the park, and he is so important as the link man between the defence and attack, which otherwise they lack. I think there's a, a but, Matt. What did you make of the the moment where the sending off and Pochettino had to choose a player to to take off to to just rebalance the defence and bring on Tilo Kera? And you just had this this overwhelming feeling that it was always going to be Angel Di Maria, didn't you? Without looking at the performance of yeah. of what you'd seen so yeah, far, think- and that that raises questions. I think for how Pochettino is is going to deal and manage with this side. Yeah, I think it's difficult for Pochettino. I think there's absolutely no doubt about it. He's walking on eggshells as far as Messi, Neymar and Mbappe are, are, are concerned. And there was an inevitability. You're right. Even though watching the game, I thought Di Maria I was the obvious choice. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The obvious choice would have been Neymar for me. Mm. Was Di Maria excellent? He, he, yeah, he was good. He was good, and uh, his his ball through for that for the for the Neymar goal or the own goal, as it as it would have been, Luan Perez was a was a brilliant, quick ball through, and yeah, he he he, he was causing problems. And you know, we're not talking about a young um, a young talent. You know, this is a guy who's played more than a hundred times for Argentina. Um, he's Messi's mate. I'm not saying Di Maria is going to cause problems in, in in the dressing room, but it's 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 tough. It's tough for Pochettino. It's 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 tough uh, to have all these incredible players. But, um, but who can you take look, off? Getting... It's honestly getting to the point where well Neymar, Neymar, no, yeah, well he did. Neymar did come off with 15 minutes to or 10 minutes left to play, and he had this sort of wry smile on his face as though but he he wasn't so so impressed. to tell is to tell all three of them that it's going to be fair almost on rotation, that they're going to have yeah. to come off. And then as long as no one's getting special treatment, 
And what can you say? You, you've got. But then to... the coach just has to say, "Look, guys, for for everyone, because you can't take off a Marquinhos, you can't take off a, a Verratti. You've got these players that uh, that have a certain status." And honestly, Rob, you 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 can't take you can't. I think most coaches in the world can't take off Messi. You throw yeah, into the mix absolutely. as well the fact that that, that Poch is an Argentinian. If you've ever heard him talking about Messi, <laughs> you know. This is a god. This is an absolute god. Perhaps the greatest player ever to have played the game. For for an Argentinian, um, you know, you're almost in awe of this figure. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, Poch did he he did take him off once, but it's not easy. Uh, I I want to talk about Marseille just a a little bit more because I think what the real takeaway from this game is for me that Marseille competed and that Marseille because we've seen in the last decade. Uh, Marseille have gone into these classics with high hopes, particularly at, at, at the Velodrome. And I can remember one game where the atmosphere was unbelievable. And in the first sort of five or ten minutes, Latan scored, somebody else scored. And it was just, you know, it just wasn't a game. This was a contest. And I think Marseille can take a lot of heart from that. It, it wasn't perhaps the attacking, uh, flowing performance that, that we hoped for or that Marseille, not, not we, but that, <laughs> yeah, as a neutral, we hoped for. Um but 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 Careful, you know, Matt. Dave almost gave Marseille. gave the game away there. Didn't <laughs> I we? Almost gave the game. Away. <laughs> I said the 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 score that I wouldn't have predicted was nil nil, and Marseille have had two nil nils in the space of four days there, with the the good result that they got against Lazio in the week as well. I think um, Paulo Lopez had a, a, another good game, and he's justifying San Paoli's decision to replace Stev Mondonda, the player who's played more games for Marseille than anyone else in history. And that was a, a bold decision to relegate Mondonda to the bench. But while Lopez keeps performing like that, I'm, he's going to stay in the team. Um, well, we, we saw Andre Villas-Boas's teams. There was that game at the Parc des Princes where they went all guns blazing for the first 10 minutes and then just got picked off. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we have this view from outside that Sam Pauli is only ever going to play one way. He's always going to attack and stick to his principles no matter what. Uh, he showed against Paris Saint-Germain that he has got a more pragmatic side to his nature, uh, playing Paul Lirola out on in that wide role uh, in midfield. Um, showed that he was, trying, he was concerned about the left-hand side for Paris Saint-Germain, even if they actually did have a fair bit of joy down that side as well. Uh, so... I think, yeah, we do have to reappraise uh, what Sam Pauli is about, that he can adapt uh, to these games, like three draws in a row in the Europa League, two nil-nils in the space of four days. Marseille are going to be contenders. They should qualify for the Champions League the way they're going. PSG's lead at the top has been slashed to seven points after Lens uh, defeated uh, Metz by four goals to one. Another terrific result for Franck Ez's team. Um Marseille have the opportunity to go second. They play Nice on Wednesday night. Nice also have the opportunity to go second. That game being played behind closed doors in Troyes. It's a, a rescheduled game following the uh, the one that was abandoned in Nice earlier in the season. And I, I just want to say, because the game, again, uh, last night was marred by some incidents with, with supporters throwing uh, objects on. Uh, PSG players taking corners and also one supporter who invaded the pitch. And I, I just want to say well done to Dimitri Payet again um, not just for his behaviour during the game trying to calm things down but afterwards condemning those those supporters and saying you know we, we did everything to warn them we t- did everything to tell them to behave and he said for me these are not Olympique de Marseille supporters and I, I think that's a really strong strong take 
and you know it shows it shows to these people that what they're doing is wrong it's not helpful to marseille and they're not and they're not marseille fans um so you know i was going to say fingers crossed everything goes well on on wednesday but i'm sure it will because there are no fans who who are going to be there but fingers crossed rescheduled and relocated that match just to to take no chances whatsoever Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Look, Matt, it's it's a great shame because it's such a big game, such a big game, Nice Marseille. If I can just say, uh, and not not to speak in defence of what is of of what we shouldn't see on a football pitch, but but throwing little scrunched up bits of paper uh, on onto the pitch, it's different to throwing a flare or throwing a a full bottle of 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 something or lighters or coins. I mean. I don't think we should overreact either. Everyone's very much throw paper. No, I know it's not. It's 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 not good, but it's not the end of the world either. It's just throwing a bit of paper, and it you know you, it's that fine line. Look, and I'm not condoning throwing things on the on the football pitch, but if that could cost Marseille a point in the standings because they have this suspended sentence of a one point hanging over their heads, you know, I think that would be a little bit too much. However, a player, a a, a fan running onto the pitch in the middle of the game, stopping already stopping a Paris Saint-Germain attack, but also just running straight up to Lionel Messi and getting to him. As a Marseille fan, why wasn't he running to Payet and asking Payet for his shirt? That's what yeah, I... Good question. That's I saw what some, I don't I saw understand. Some comments on, I saw some comments on, on social media that he was running faster than the Marseille defenders, but I don't think we want to glorify the, uh, the, uh, the very foolish No, no, but that was, of, that was very that dangerous. Person. And there, that is a far more dangerous breach of security in a stadium, in a football stadium, especially when you know the, the history between the two sides and what we've seen in, in the last few weeks. But throwing paper on the pitch, look, it's, it's not that big a deal. I'm sorry. Yeah, I said well done to Payet. <laughs> um, well done. I, I, I want to say as well, well done to Mbappe and, and Messi, who on a few occasions went over to take the corner and it was all getting a bit tense. You were thinking, uh, you know, are we going to get a delay? And and they took it quickly. You know, they could have, they could have sort of milked it and you know waited to see if there were going to be problems. But you know, I thought it was good. I thought it was good to see them just try and get on with the game. <laughs> 